Blog Talk Radio.
it's uh, how we're going to equate this in this situation from today. It's like in the day of Moses when he was promised the promised land. It's going to tie in together, and I'm going to I'll, I'll go over that with you as I go into this message with you tonight, uh, because it really comes together, and it's a challenge. Uh, you know, the title of this message, I, I, I felt this was a good name for it in my spirit, God's New Day of Choice, God's New Day of Choice. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and verse 19. We're going to start from there, Isaiah 43 and 19, 18 and 19. I'll give you a minute to get it. Okay. It begins like this. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, I had that scripture given to me by the Lord. Oh, it was better than 20 years ago, and I thought that this was a time, I said, oh, this is a new year, new time, this is a new thing, and it was new things going on, but I couldn't relate to it back in that day 20 years ago. We thought a lot of it at that time, but uh, now things that we believe and we relate to what the Bible says are obvious. I mean, they're there. We have the witness and the confirmation in our spirits about it, and this is truly a time which is a new thing happening, good and evil. A good and bad. And what we're seeing in the world now, we're seeing things of Satan, even though we know Satan's tricks and how he operates, but I'm seeing things that never happened before. I never thought it would ever happen in this earth. I know everybody else could say the same thing, because not one man that I know alive, at least that I've met yet or know of, that's known this was all going to happen the way it is right now. It hasn't even been prophetically spoken. And what's happened... Uh, we're seeing an onslaught right here. We're seeing an onslaught of, of satanic works. But on the other hand, we see a work of God. And I'm not going to get into that just yet, but I'm going to kind of give you the equation right here of something, as I said, about Moses. You know, with Moses, he was promised the promised land, wasn't he? And remember, God said, whatever you go out there and put your feet to and take is yours. I'm giving you this ground. He gave it to him, right? Okay. He said, you take it. Now, let me ask you a question. God doesn't give you anything that he doesn't uh, think that you could take or you could overcome to give you the ability to overcome it, does he? God doesn't say, I want you to do this knowing very well you can't do it, because he knows you can't do it yourself, but in him he knows you can do it. So God promised him that ground. He said, all you have to do is take it, and it's yours. So what did Moses do? I don't know if you all know this or not, but Moses actually made a mistake there when he sent the 12 spies out. He sent them out to check it out. In other words, check it out, fellas, see if we can really take this. I'm not too sure. God said, I have this ground. It's mine. But I don't know if I can take it. Maybe I'm not strong enough to take it. Well, first of all, he wasn't using really true faith in God because if God says you can take it, it's yours. It's yours no matter what you see, smell, taste, feel, or what anybody says or what you think. When God says it's yours, it is yours. And you have to hold to that truth, you see. Too many times today we want to check it out ourselves and try to figure, are we smart enough to do this? Can we get somebody that can help us? Can we do this? No, you don't consider things like that. When God tells you to do something, you do it and know very well he has planned for you. Not only planned for you, he's ordained it for you. He's given you the ability and he's given the provision. And he sees the victory at the end of the very project he gave you from the beginning to the end. So all you have to do is say yes, Lord, and go for it. But don't try to figure things, because when we try to reason things out, we get ourselves in trouble, don't we? God's ways and thoughts are above ours, according to Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. They're not only above ours, they aren't our thoughts. They're his thoughts, you see. So when we try to think on things, we kill the deal right there. When you put your two sets in, you kill the deal, because it's not about you. It's about God working through you, you see. All you have to do is go through the motions of it, and it'll be there, and it'll work. Okay? He was promised that ground, so he... He uh, sent forth the 12 spies. Now, I'm going to equate that like it is today. We saw actually one out of six people average actually believed that they could take the ground. That was Joshua and Caleb. There was 12 spies, right? Now, that uh, one-sixth, which is 16 and two-thirds percent. 
So one-sixth of them said, hey, we can take the ground. We're well able. But the other ten looked at that ground and said, hey, we can't take that. There's giants there. We are nothing compared to them. They look at us as grasshoppers. So right away they use their intellect. We can't take this. We can't do this. Even though God promised it, hey, God, you were wrong in this case. We're not big enough to do that. We, we can't do it. Okay? That's, uh, people will look at that and they'll say, boy, they really messed up. They really messed up in doing that. But, you know, let's look today. Now, we're in the same place as Moses was there because we are taking the promised land. We're the promised land that's heaven for you and I today. Amen? Heaven's our promised land. Now, this is the last move of God before Jesus' return. We're getting ready to the greatest move of God that's going to usher in Jesus Christ. Now, we've been given authority or dominion over this earth, right? They were given dominion over that ground. They were given dominion, right? But they didn't take dominion except for two of them. The only two of the cross was Joshua and Caleb. They were given dominion. That Two of them actually walked in that dominion. One out of six average did. Now, look today. We've been given dominion in spite of what's happening today. I mean, today looks like the most down day that you've ever seen or never ever heard of, like the giants. The giants are around us. What's going on in our government? What's going on in the world? What's going on around this period between sickness, disease, lack, uh, dominion, authority, you name it, violence, everything, despicable thing you can think of is around us. Now, that's the giants with us today. We aren't seeing nine-foot giants in, in the, per se uh, in our way right now, but we're seeing these things. But yet we were given dominion just like they were given dominion. Ten of them failed, didn't they? How many people are failing today of taking dominion in this life today but falling to pray and worried? When I say falling to pray, I don't mean pray. I mean pray like victims to what's going on with fear. They have fear of what's going to happen. They do things they shouldn't do, make mistakes. Uh, they, they just kind of give up, and they, they're looking at the way the world is. They're depending on the world to change the situation, and they're fearful just like the world is. Many Christians are that way. And they're like the ten spies that looked and said, those giants are too great. You've been given dominion. I've been given dominion in this life. We have authority over the devil, according to Luke ten nineteen and 20. We've been given authority and dominion over the enemy. We've been given all this in life, you see. Jesus said in John fourteen twelve, the things that I do, so shall you do. And that's what he expects in this time. You might say, well, yeah, I remember that time back then. But, man, look at this world today. I mean, everything's falling apart. What difference does that make, I ask you? What difference does that make? Is God a changing God or is his word changed? Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. So Jesus and his power and his truth and his promises don't move. They don't change. The world does circumstances of the devil, does different things, new ways, new things that he does sometimes, even though it's his old tricks, but yet in new packages, you see. But yet we have to hold true to the old packages that God gave us, you see. We have that authority and power. We've been given dominion, not the devil. We have dominion through Christ. He's given us dominion. So the choice, the choice in this title, which I, I didn't know it until about an hour and a half, as I said before the meeting, God's new day of choice. It's truly a new day of choice. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians six two, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of salvation, and He says that, uh, and, and also He says in His Word, uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen, or excuse me, not Isaiah fifty four seventeen. I quoted that wrong to you, but He tells us in His Word that we need to make a choice today in Joshua 24:15. I'm sorry, I, I said the wrong thing. Uh, Joshua 24:15. he says, choose you this day who you will serve. Now, the choice in this day is a choice that we never made before. We've heard that many times. Well, you make a choice. Are you going to serve the Lord or are you going to serve the devil? Serve yourself. Well, the choice that we're making today is really almost the last choice it really is because this is going to be the last thing before the return of jesus so we need to make a permanent choice a quality choice that we're not only going to make and make today but we make it daily and follow through with that until jesus returns because the choice we're making is going to usher us into the remnant and we're going to go forth like we never did before. And when the Lord is done with us, then he's going to call us out. He's going to send Christ back. So we're making a choice. Who are we going to serve? Like, like it tells us in, uh, in his word right there of Joshua twenty four fifteen, 15, uh, are we going to serve 
God or are we going to serve ourselves in fear and allow the, the world to dominate us, you say? How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And that's our choice today. And that choice uh, holds true for us. That's a choice. It's an eternal choice because uh, we can't straddle the fence anymore, folks. We can't straddle the fence. We can't just do a little bit in and a little bit out because the pressure is becoming so great. The needs are becoming so great, and the forces are becoming so great. If we don't have the anointing and the power of God in our lives, we're not going to make it. It's really true. It's really true because this is why it's so critical. Everything in my spirit, God has showed me how it's so critical that we walk in obedience to the Lord and how we walk worthy of our calling and we walk holy and live a holy life and as godly as we can, pleasing him, doing what he wants us to do, and be ready to move at his beckoning, at his calling. And don't be surprised at things that happen. Great things or negative things sometimes in attacks. We have to be open and ready. And the only way we can be open and ready is by being in tune with the Holy Spirit and being in tune with God that we can go to him and we have need, whatever it might be, whatever, whatever is going on in our lives, that we can touch heaven. We need to be able to touch heaven and have that peace because in the midst of all this hell, God has peace for us, you see, and that's what really proves for the world. That's how you can become a soul winner. That's how you can become an influence in others. When they look at you and see you standing like the rock of Gibraltar, they're going to say, hey, must be something to what that man's saying or what that woman's saying. This is a time that you and I can shine forth like gold. We can shine forth in the midst of this because that is a great testimony. A lot of people think that through the gifts of the Spirit and everything, uh, these great things happen. All oh, they're going to bring you to Jesus. And they do. But another great thing is when they see the fruit of the Spirit and they see us standing strong and see us overcoming no matter what happens, when they see that in you and me, they say, hey, those people have character that I've never seen before, you see. That's as supernatural as raising the dead. Every bit of supernatural. That isn't a natural thing that people expect to see. They aren't expecting to see people that are going to walk and act like they do, like a lot of Christians do nowadays. They're, they're just as fearful, just as sick, just as defeated, and just as downtrodden as the world talks. They, they, some I've heard sinners say already, wow, that person's worse off than I am. And they know Jesus. He's supposed to be a, a mighty, mighty God, and he's their source. But wow. And the problem is right now that Jesus isn't the source of people like that. If you really believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and source, you're going to go to him and you're going to go to his word and you're going to believe him in spite of what you feel, think, or, or circumstances in your life. That That is the thing because I deal with it every day almost with people, almost every day with people that are downtrodden one day, up, up the next day. They're like a roller coaster, some of them, you know, and they just haven't come to the place that they stand solid. They have a mindset. They have a mindset that, hey, I'm an overcomer. No, what, no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to stand. My wife recently, this, this is a good one. This is a good one, folks. She had a, uh, I'm trying to think what it's called, right, a carbuckle on her body, right? And to make a long story short, she had that carbuckle for years. We bound the thing. We prayed. We stood, you know, and she had it burn off at the, uh, the, the doctors, you know, where they do that there. And uh, anyhow, it kept coming back for a number of years, right? We stood on that thing and cursed it. We stood on it and cursed it. And that's it and kind of left it go. Well, looked here. She looked here, I guess it was maybe, we'll say, a month ago. She said, guess what, Ed? And she showed me. And I, I said, where was it at? I didn't even know where it was. After seeing it all that time, when I looked at the spot, that's getting, you couldn't tell anything. I mean, it, it was all the same. It will last. But that was a lot of years. You'll say, why didn't this happen sooner? Well, we see a lot of miracles happen. I mean, I could give you, I could speak all night here with miracles, even today, one and the power of God coming down. I mean, I'm used to these things, folks. I know what that's like, but then I know what waiting and pain's like, too. I mean, hey, I, I, can, I can talk with raising the dead. I can talk to you about anything you want to talk about biblically, pretty much. But I can tell you about pain and appears like things don't seem to be happening. You feel like you're losing out in every area, and you might as well just hang it up and quit. Believe me, I've had those times, too, and everybody does. Anybody tells they don't is a liar because that happens to everybody, folks. But how you and I deal, 
how you and I deal with situations that come our way is what it counts. That's what counts in the eyes of God. That's what counts in the eyes, really, of people to see us because knowing who and what we are. You know, uh, we all have our problems. There isn't any big hero, mighty Superman in God. There isn't such an animal. The only thing that there is is a mighty man, and that was Jesus Christ. He's the only one. We all are human beings. We have frailties. We have shortcomings. We have not arrived, but neither are we going to arrive in this life. But God has a plan for us. He's given you and I a dominion. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down after a while individually what this is. But, you know, uh, the Bible tells us another scripture I've used quite often, and I have to remind myself and everybody this. I've probably used this as much as anybody, but God gave us a revelation on this some time ago. And it, it goes like this in Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west to the east of his glory and the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of God shall rise, lift up a standard against him. Here's, I'll just read this part, basically. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, God shall, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So, has not the enemy come in like a flood? There's been like a flood of hell coming in like I've never known before, and, and Fine Christian men and women. I know a lot of powerful men and women of God that I have much respect and love for. They have much respect and love for me. I do, and they're good men of God, women of God. They're the real deal. But some of them are going through atrocious situations. I've been going through atrocious things. So believe you me, we could give you enough to make your your, uh, hair turn curly. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you this. By standing faithful in these things, Great things are happening and are beginning to happen and have always been that way with the bittersweet. It's a bittersweet thing sometimes. But it's going to get sweeter, folks, because we're standing hard and strong, going through difficulties like Paul did when he was in prison, when he wrote most of the New Testament that he wrote. But that was the highest time, the greatest time, you see. And it's during those times of hardship, the bittersweet, that we shine forth like never before, and we don't realize that. We don't realize that till it's done. You know, it, it, it might be difficult. It's almost like uh, going to the gym and working out. It doesn't feel great when you're working out. Sometimes you feel, wow, I'm wrong out. But, boy, the reward afterwards and what happens, how sweet it is and how you feel, you see. And that's the way it is with the things of God as we stand strong and go forth. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take up a force. We've been given dominion, and because we've been given dominion means we have resistance. You aren't given dominion unless there's a resistance there. If you're given dominion, uh, usually that means that you have an enemy that's trying to take it from you because if it's yours, you just go on your property, and that's it. But you have dominion. You own it, but sometimes you have to take that dominion, you see. In our case, we have to take it because it was stolen from us by Adam and Eve giving it to Satan, but then Jesus Christ brought it back, you see. He brought it back for us, but now the devil is still trying to, to hoodwink us and fool us into thinking, hey, I'm the big one and you're the little one here. I'm the elephant and you're the mouse. But in turn, he's the mouse and we're the elephant. Remember, Satan comes at you as a roaring lion. It doesn't say a roaring lion, but as a roaring lion. And stop and think, if the devil was all that tough, why does he have to do things under the sly there? You know what I mean? In other words, sneak it in. A strong man doesn't have to come in and just do it under the sly. He just comes up and grabs you and, and does it, right? Somebody that's strong in authority just comes up to you and does it. But he has to sneak around a sneaky way to get into you. That means that he can't take you. He has to do by hook or crook to get to you, you see. And that shows him right there what he is. He's not as powerful as we are, and he knows it. But he doesn't want you and I to know that. But remember, you've been given dominion in this last day, so this is a, this this message is addressed to this very hour right here at your face, and where an hour looks like doom. First of all, God is raising the standard up against what you are seeing now, and the Lord of the Lord told me about a month or two ago to start praying judgment, and I thought, wow, you know, I, that was a switch for me. I never had that happen in all my years. But, you know, I started doing that, and, you know, I had it confirmed through some prominent ministers of the great man of God, people of God, and I, I, that I respect, and I know they hear from God. 
And uh, but I had the I had when I heard that there it it kind of rocked me a little bit, and I'm starting to see some things now even in that, and it's going to be happening more. But more important, God is turning this around because He said I'm raising the standard up against it, so He's going to do sovereignly what only He can do, not you and I, but only He can do by Himself. And then we're the other standard that He's going to send out their anointed tearing down the works of the devil and bringing many souls to the kingdom, raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out devils, everything you can think of, the things that Jesus did. And then when he's done with you and I, he's going to say, Jesus, go for him. And then Jesus is going to come back for us. It's really that simple, folks. It's that simple. That's what it's coming to. There's a lot of fearful things that are coming now, and I'll tell you what. Uh, the fearful things that are coming, there's a lot of uh, lies. It's a lot of... Uh, uh, lying situations there are a lot of things that are not true they come in there to try to get you upset to stir you up false reports false false that to make it think like everything's going down but don't you listen to those things know that you are not of this world you're in this world you're not of it in fact psalms 91 8 says we are not participants but we are observers if you look in your amplified bible we are observers to what's going on you and i see this garbage going on but we don't participate in it because it's not of us you see we're in the kingdom of god we're in his secret place he's protecting us we're in him jesus is in us we are in him you see the holy ghost is in us so we cannot be overtaken we're not going to be brought down by these things in my life i've seen storms pass over my house hurricanes i've seen things and everything around me was flattened pretty much, but didn't touch me. I've seen these things. My wife and I have seen a lot of things. We could give you, we could give you, we could write volumes, probably volumes of books if we would all come back to our mind would have kept track of what God did. But he showed himself and what I'm teaching here tonight so many times that I, I couldn't even probably count that eye. And that's the type of God we're serving, folks. And I know many of you say, yes, I know. That's what God did with me. He did this for me. Well, see, that's who we're serving. He doesn't change. The world changes. Again, we have circumstances that are changing at the last. I mean, this is the last battle of Satan right now, folks. This is the last battle. That's why it's so crazy and so nuts and so ridiculous, you see. But, no, you are on the winning side, folks. You are on the winning side. But all you have to do is stay with with the Lord, stay on that track. Because if there's anything it, the devil's trying to do is to scare you and cause you to stop. Because when you're in fear, that stops you. That immobilizes you. You can't move when you're fearful. It just locks you in place. Or he'll try to distract you to get you off the track. Because when you're on the track of Jesus Christ, you can't be touched, folks. You can't be touched. You're under the umbrella of safety. It's just like you being under an umbrella. You're in with Jesus, you see. But he gets you out from under that protection there. You get out from under an umbrella, it rains on you, doesn't it? But you need to stay in that umbrella in that secret place with Jesus Christ. Now, let me mention a few things right here now. You, he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for you, okay? A plan for your life. All right? If he has a plan for you, he's going to show you what that plan is. But you have to say, God, here I am. What do you want of me? And then just by going forward, you're gonna, it's going to come to you. I can't put it into words to you, but as you will that, He'll get it to you that you understand, hey, I, I do this pretty well. This is pretty well with me. Hey, I feel comfortable with this. Fruits are coming to this. I'm seeing results with this. He'll start to show those things, and he'll say, hmm, maybe that's my calling. Then you pray about it, and he'll direct you. You start to do all the, the things that he has showed you and, and continue to look where you have the opportunity to apply those abilities in your, in your life, you see. Wherever those abilities and whatever he has given you, look for the opportunities to apply them and become more skillful in them, you see. Because he's given you gifts, he's given you skillful things to aid people to further his gospel, you see. I'm not just talking about ministry, working in ministry, but it's all really ministry because you're an influence, whether you work in a carpenter shop, whether you look at a, work in a fast food store, whether you work in a restaurant, whether you're a businessman, whatever you are, uh, there's ministry involved, you see. There's ministry involved because you you can lead people to Christ. I did that when I worked in the shop. I had things that I did there and seen people filled, healed, delivered, and things like that. I used to do that. I was a minister, but yet I worked in a secular job. 
there's always times that uh, he makes ways for you. So you have a thing and you have a place in ministry because we're all ministers, not just the fivefold ministry. But he has a plan for your life. And you need to ask him that because, you know, God doesn't knock a door down to get to you. He wants you to invite him in. He wants you to invite him in. See, that's why he's giving you a free will. He doesn't want to force things on you because you're not a robot. You're not an angel in the sense that he tells you and you have no thought or a will to say yes or no. He gives you that option. I can say yes or I can say no, you see. But when you truly ask him meaning in your heart, he will show you his plan. And it's something that can't be explained to you. You just say that to him, and somehow he gets through to you that you'll know it. You'll know it. He gets through to you, not the preacher, not the teacher, but he gets through. You'll know it yourself because you, you want to hear from God. You don't want to hear from the preacher or the teacher. You want to hear from God. The only way you can become fully persuaded and in the Bible and anything the Bible has to say is you yourself must believe it, not just because I said it or your pastor or anybody else said it, no matter who they are. You have to be fully persuaded in your heart. I'm convinced of it myself. I believe this. this. This happened with me. God showed me this. I know this. I've done this. This works for me. You. That's why he says work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, you see. So it begins with you. We have to have a little ambition and, and stop being so lazy. That's where the problem is. Too many people want somebody else to show them everything and tell them everything, and they might go to the wrong man or wrong woman. They learn the wrong thing, right? That's how false doctrine comes in. But you must be fully persuaded yourself, you. Okay, the second thing, anoint me. Okay, what did we say a little earlier? When you're called for something, you're anointed. And anointing just simply means that you have the ability of God to do whatever he's called you to do. His power through you will get the job done, whatever it might be, whether it's praying for the sick, preaching a message, uh, casting out demons, raising the dead, uh, you name it, or doing a certain job, teaching a Sunday school class, working in a shop. In other words, he might say, well, hey, we'll take it secularly, like he called you to be a businessman or start a business. He's going to enable you to run a successful business, providing the finances, providing the people, the understanding, the opportunities, the favor of people. He's going to take care of that, you see. The anointing, the anointing of God, it's not just the anointing when we minister and ministry when I teach and preach and things like that and others, you know, but it's anointing you or the power from on high enabling you to be successful with the power of God. It's not by power, might, but by my spirit, says the Lord, by his Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what the anointing is. The anointing gets the job done. The anointing makes a difference. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing gives the provision. The anointing gives direction. The anointing gives peace, gives joy, strength. The anointing gives it all. It's the anointing of God. And you and I can't manufacture that. That comes from heaven. And it comes by our obedience to heaven and what God tells us to do. And really meaning business with God, being committed to him. He does it then, you see. You can't buy the anointing. Remember the one man tried to buy the, the baptism of spirit? Remember he went to uh, Simon, was he tried to buy that, but he said, hey, no, no, no. Because it isn't something you buy. It's something that God freely gives to those that qualify for it. They're serving him, you see. There's conditions. A lot of things, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, a lot of things we talk about with God, the promises of God, if you look at it, it all goes back to us being committed to God. It isn't a, uh, a thing that's just like uh, in Psalms 91, it says, those that dwell in a secret place the most high will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, it doesn't say to visit the, the uh, most high in the place of the most high, but he said to dwell there. You see, that means to live there, not just make a visit when you want to make a visit. So you see, we're talking about people with commitment. It's about commitment. In order to get a lot of these things, to walk in these things, to have these things, isn't just when you want to go in and you go in and out when you have a need or when you feel to go in and out. Uh-uh. It's consistency. It's a lifestyle, folks. We're talking about the benefits of God for those that are walking in the lifestyle following him, you see. Not just when they have a need or they need somebody to pray for them or they have a need for this or that. Too many people, they come to God uh, just thinking, well, hey, when I'm in trouble, I'll come to God. If I'm sick, I'll come to him to get healed. If I need money, I'll come to him to help me. Or if I need favor or whatever, 
But you see, God does that. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what it's all about. Matter of fact, that wears thin. God, God will do things to draw attention to you, to show you his great love, because he wants you to come to him. He wants you to live for him, you see. But he's not a big Santa Claus in the sky that just does things when, when you want things to see. He wants you, you're committed. He wants you. He said, you give me your will, and I'll give you everything. You have got to give God your will, folks. Your will, your will, and that's a big word. That's a big statement, what I'm saying there. That means, Lord, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, like Paul said, for me to live as Christ. Now, for me to live as Christ, can you make that statement? Can I make that statement, for me to live as Jesus Christ? We're talking a committed life. Amen? Okay, the next thing is provide all that's needed. And this is where a lot of people mess up. You know, I've been called to do things, starting churches, writing a book, doing things that I knew nothing about. And you know something? All I simply did was agree to it, and the Holy Ghost provided everything I had need with the people, the understanding, the wisdom, the finances, whatever, to get the job done. But I was able to teach others about it because he showed me, but not because I knew it. And that, that seems to be a thing with the Lord, you know. That's why, And you know why he does it. He tells you to do things he knows very well you cannot do. But he says, well, I know Ed can't do this, so he's going to have to depend on me. And that's what he wants. He wants us to depend on him, you know. Too often we're looking to so-and-so, or a brother so-and-so or a sister so-and-so. He don't want that. I mean, they, they help us. Don't get me wrong. We have mentors or people like that. I, I'm not meaning that. But the bottom line, the bottom authority is Jesus Christ. When all is said and done, I can tell you this, somebody else can tell you that. But the bottom line is when you're seeking God for something and you hear me say something, maybe somebody says about the same, maybe somebody a little different, okay, God, it's yours. What do you say? Because he's the final authority. So what this simply means is that he's the final authority for provision of all we need, you see. He's the source. And if you really believe he's your source, you're going to look to him, and you're not going to be looking to your job. You're not going to be looking to your government. You're not going to be looking to your friend, your neighbor. You're going to simply distrust him, and somehow he's going to get it to you if you're really serving him, you know? Somehow he's going to, as your source. And to me, it appears to me in this hour we're living right now, that he is our source, and we really depend on him. I know just the other week I had a situation that only God could uh, come through, and he answered in a way unexpected. In other words, I had a need, a financial need, and, of course, uh, that's been my hardest area, dealing with financially down to many other people. And I, I need uh, God's assistance and help in that. It's been the hardest hit area, I believe, in Christianity. But, you know, recognizing he's that source, it's done. I mean, I've had 51 years of this here, and I've been with three kids, uh, no job, and on uh, welfare because I couldn't get a job because the job I had laid off, and it was too good of a job. When I worked for a Mack truck, I couldn't get a job because they knew I'd go back to that job. It was a high-paying job. So we were all kind of stuck in the middle of this thing because nobody would hire us because they knew we would leave. And I was stuck in a situation. He called me to tithe uh, whenever I, I needed uh, uh $125 a week to live at that time, so I was way back around 71, and I had three kids at home, man, little ones. And to make a long story short, uh, he told, called me to tithe on that date. <laughs> and I had, uh, with tithing, I, I only was getting 87 or $88 a week, and uh, when I tithed, I brought it down to about 75 Now, 88 doesn't quite cover one and a quarter. 75 is less, doesn't it? Now, does that make sense? Calls you to tithe when you're not even making what you got. Well, I agreed, right? I tithed, and you know, for six months, I ate as good as I do now. Didn't get behind any bills. Everything just went smoothly. I got uh, money given me by various people. I even, about five minutes before the call came in, I got a call from a radio program. It was called What Do You Know? And I had the answer to the What Do You Know? My mother gave me that answer maybe a week before or less. 
And I, I told my wife, I was helping her with the dishes that day. I was doing the dishes. I said, you know, I'm going to get cold in this show today. And a few minutes later, they called. I answered, and I got $144. I mean, things like that, just a lot of things happened. But God made it happen. That was my infancy. Cause I did, we were saved in, uh, let's see, it was August the 3rd, 1970. And that was from around 71, about a year or so as a Christian. So, I mean, God takes care of you. So recognizing God is your source. So he provides all that's needed. He is your source. Believe me, I've seen it. I've been down to the last meal uh, back in the days, and, and I know what this is like. I know it from a, a lower expectation up to, to a more comfortable situation and whatever, not in a wealthy situation. I haven't got that place yet in my life. But I know God's taken some things there, and I believe in God. My wife and I believe in God for it. That he's taken us to places that's not for us to lavish ourselves, but to enjoy the things and to help others and to reach out for the ministry because we see such great needs of ministry, and that's where we have great uh, desires to be able to help others in ministry and our giving. We have great desires. I love to preach and teach and minister, but I also like to give when I'm able to and where I'm able to. And we do limited now, of course. But uh, that's that's where our heart is to help there also. Okay, the next thing, he enables us to have a successful outcome. You know what God has called you to do, what he's called me to do, he sees the completed project. Just like when I wrote, wrote my first book there, I didn't know nothing about it, and God sent me uh, the best. He literally did to one lady, uh, she was a accomplished well she's quite a writer quite a writer and very powerful lady and uh she and i were like brother and sister and of course she passed here a couple years ago very much so and she she uh prophesied over me in the realm everything that's happened in my life today has happened when she said it. there's one thing yet it hasn't happened that she said but uh i've never had a woman other than my wife any closer to me than her we had a spiritual connection that she didn't understand herself and she was connected to a lot of people. I'm not going to mention names and who and everything. Was a very powerful lady. And uh, anyhow, uh, she was quite a mentor to me. And she got me hooked up with the lady editor. And I, I recently got brought this back to memory. You know, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. But the book I wrote, uh, we would send there to uh, her to do the editing. <laughs> and if you want to see how good you are with English, you give it into a lady of this lady's caliber, your English, and you'll see how good a grammar you are. I, I had a lot of corrections to make, I'll, I'll tell you, but this lady was an elderly lady. She has passed now, passed away a couple years ago. But she told me, and this uh, we were doing strictly business, right? And she said, and she, she had books she did on Roosevelt doing that air, had well, things in the Smithsonian, did some Hollywood things. I mean, this lady was accomplished. She was a, the hoi polloi, so to speak. And I talked to her, and she, and she just she just kind of broke off of the uh, uh, business aspect of it. And she said, you know, I'm not a Christian. I didn't have a chance to lead to the Lord now. But she said, I'm not a Christian, but what I'm reading your material here portrays me almost to, to really become a Christian. And and I could have said some things. It kind of went like that, the conversation. And normally they say, yeah, you could let her to Christ there. But just the way that thing went, it wasn't one of them type situations. I, I don't understand it even as I explain it to you, but all I know is the part that I know I trusted, something happened there in her life because uh, for her to have just brought that up, or I know it was definitely a, a seed planted, whatever. But uh, anyhow, uh, God's word, God's power, when you're operating the power of God and his word, your influence, because your gift makes room for you in this calling you have. This calling you have makes room for you. It takes you before great men, the Bible says. Your gift will take you before great men. So you don't know what it's going to do, who it's going to affect, you say. What you do, a lot of times you say, well, I'm just a little old housewife, or I just do this or that. Hey, you could be the greatest influence, leading people to the Lord, getting people saved, delivered, you might have a Billy Graham that you'll lead to the Lord or something like that. You know, you don't know those things because we are all, there isn't any greater than other one, greater than this one or greater than that one type thing with any of us right here. We're just co-workers together because God determines who and what is. So we have no right to even anticipate any person. I don't, you don't think about Billy Graham, Apostle Paul, any of these men. They're very famous, been very effective in ministry, but who's to say who's the greatest? You see, only God knows that. To never say, well, I'm just a little of this or a little of that because you have this Holy Spirit within you. You obey him 
that's not small. It's greatness because when God works through you, that's great all the time. No matter what you're doing, that is always great because God is great. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> so you're going to have a perfect outcome. It's going to work for you, you see, because God doesn't shadow box. He sees you beginning it. He sees you following in him, and he wants you to follow him. And if you follow the steps he directs you in, in obedience, it will have the outcome that he wants. Because doesn't it say in Isaiah 55:11, his words won't come back void, but they'll, they'll uh, solve and bring forth the results that he sent them forth for? Isaiah 55, 11, he says that, doesn't he? The words that I speak and I send forth will not come back void. So in other words, his intentions and his word bring results, you see. His words have a creative force. His words work. His words heal. His words set free. His words raise the dead. His words do all things. There's power in those words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you see, we have a positive outcome, a positive outcome when we follow God. We just have to follow him step by step by step. And so let's go over four of them, and I'm going to mention the fifth one, which is the last one. God will show you what his plan is for your life. All you have to do is ask him, right? Ask him. All right? Anoint you. He gives you the ability. It's not your ability. So don't say, hey, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I don't know anything about this. God will take care of that. He's anointed you, and and that anointing gives you the ability to do it. You say, well, yeah, that sounds good, but, man, I need money to do this. I need people. I need this. I need that. Well, he'll provide you all that's needed, right? He anoints you, giving you the ability to do it. He provides the provisions, the money, the people, the favor, whatever it takes to get the job done. Then he has already prearranged perfect outcome the way he wants it to be so it's a done deal it's a done deal from the time that you start moving this area to the end of it but the very final end leads to this and this is the greatest end of all well done thou good and faithful servant well done thou good and faithful servant is the words that you're going to hear because when you follow god step by step by step that's what it comes to because you honored him and whatever he told you to do Amen? All right. So tonight I'm speaking to those in this hour because I know this is why God wanted this message to go forth. Uh, He wanted to go forth to encourage you and to show you that, hey, I've got greater plans in this time. Disregard in your heart and mind these things that are negative coming against you. And just continue in my word, your faith and trust in me, and I will pull you forth, the Lord would say to you. I will pull you forth. I will bring you forth. Trust me. Trust me. And that's what he's saying to every person here, myself included. Trust me in this time because I will get you through because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be fearful what goes on, what the newscast, in fact, I don't even listen to the newscast. I, I don't want to hear any of that garbage. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear this negative lies and corruption and garbage. Just get away from that and get more Bible in your heart. Get Bible, the Word of God, in your heart. And as you get that, what's going to happen is God's going to come into you. And you know there's a scripture, and I like to use this, Philippians 2.13 It's God that works in us to will and to do his good pleasure in our lives. He's the one that works in you. And right now, what you're experiencing, I speak this to many of you right now, what you're experiencing, I'm experiencing it. God has changed me around making me into what he wants me to be. He's teaching me, molding me, and and helping me to be what I should be, right? And he's doing that with you. And you have the devil coming at the same time trying to hit you from all angles. So you're facing being pruned, being made and, and, and a better man or a better woman, plus you're having attacks by the enemy. But don't think about attacks from the enemy. Just recognize what God is directing you to do and pruning you and stay focused on what he wants. And then like Luke 10, 19, and 20 says, take authority over him and bind him and cast him out. Bind him and cast him out. But don't give attention to him and then just take your eyes off of what the Holy Ghost is trying to teach you and help you with. That's what happened to uh, 
uh, Peter, when he sank, you know, he was doing a fine walking on that water, but then he left the disturbance and come to him, shake him up, that he sank, didn't he? So don't allow what's going on in the world. Just consider my God's taking care of me. I'm an observer. I, I'm not a participator. God will supply each and every one of my lives, and everything in my life, rather. He will supply everything I have need of. He will protect me. He is my source. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Lord is with you. Nothing. You should fear never. The Bible, I'm told, has 365 times. I've never counted them, but I know it's at least that many times where Jesus said, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power. He gave us love and a sound mind. Don't leave your mind become shaken and upset. Love. Have the love of Christ in your heart. Spirit of fear, he gives you power, not fear. He's giving you power over everything. You have dominion, remember? You have dominion like Moses had dominion. What they would do, they had dominion. But he had to check it out for himself by sending them. And then, of course, only two of them actually walked the walk right there, Joshua and Caleb, and made it across. Now, you and I want to walk the walk in these last days because we are going also the promised land. That promised land is called heaven. But you and I have a little bit of work to do before that time comes. It's going to be very shortly. It's going to be a quick work, but yet we have work to do. So let you and I take dominion while we're here and be pleased on the God that when we get there to heaven, the time will come when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Now, I was asked tonight, and I'm going to do this for everybody. Uh, right now, I was asked by a lady one of my spiritual daughters, uh, to pray. She wants refilled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not calling any names. I'm not mentioning any names. But, uh, you know, I, I, people, I, I minister to a lot of people receive, to receive the baptism, to be refilled. And she has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So uh, she doesn't need the baptism. Some might be on here tonight. But I'm going to be praying right now. And I'm going to draw your attention to it because it's really, I thought about this tonight. And, uh, you know, it really ties in because, what I'm teaching tonight is something you can't do on your own. Neither can I. But by the power of the Spirit, we can do it. By the power of the Spirit, we do do it. This morning I had a, a testimonial. I didn't even talk about it yet, but there's a need for my, another uh, couple that has been, we've been their mentors for about 40 years, more than 40 years, I guess. And anyhow, we ministered to her. I won't go into details, but all I will say, the power of God fell Man, it practically rocked the house, and I'm not exaggerating. The power of God was so powerful, so powerful. And I've been seeing this happen so much as I released the anointing. Released the anointing. God's had me release the anointing. I've done it in my car the other day, seen three miracles happen to a lady, bang, bang, bang. And, 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 and so God, God is becoming, he's showing himself stronger in our lives, folks. He wants to show himself stronger in our lives and in our ministries. I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing it happen. So I'm going to uh, speak that right now. I'm going to release the anointing of God into you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. As I release that anointing into you, it's not just to be refilled, but also in that refilling of yours, that your heart he'd give you a greater love and a great desire for service for him and cause you to come to that place saying, Lord, you have a plan for my life in this day, and he wants to use you as a remnant warrior for the kingdom, too, before he sends his son Jesus back to That's going to be my prayer for you right now, that you, he works in you to will and do his good pleasure. So I pray that prayer over everybody listening to this, this program right now, and I'm going to ask for a refilling of the Holy Spirit in every one of you right now. A filling and a refilling of the Holy Spirit is going to release the anointing of God into you all right now. I'm going to release that anointing, and I want you to accept that because I, I speak it. I know it will be. It won't be a lack of my end, folks, because I know the anointing's on me, and I know that anointing's coming through. So you, all you have to do is receive it because God will do it. This, this is a piece of cake. 
God wants to do this. This pleases God. God wants, this is what God's about, revealing himself in and through our lives and helping every one of us. So you're, we're pleasing God. But this is what I'm saying here. I'm really pleasing God. And by you opening up your heart and raising your hand up and receiving from him, you are really pleasing God. And he's going to bless you for it. He's going to do it. So I want you all right now to, uh, I'm going to lead you, and then I'm going to lead into the filling of the Spirit. So just speak these words after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you now. Lord, I know that you have a calling in my life. You have a work for me in my life. Lord, I turn myself over to you right now. I give myself to you. And I want to serve you. I'm saying to you, Lord, right now, here I am. Use me according to your plan for my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I receive it now. I want you to raise your hands. Raise your hands, and I'm going to speak the power of God. Release that anointing into you right now, and I want you to receive his empowerment upon you. And when he do, uh, many of you right now will, will, will be back in your mouth and be an utterance of like, Speaking in tongues, some of you receive the baptism, some of you be refilled right now. When I release that anointing, if you haven't received the baptism, just expect that mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, and your your tongue will get a little heavy, your mouth, and this might be a baby sound come out. I don't know, maybe it'd be a, a fluent sound, but just make that noise. Just allow it to come out your mouth because that's God's power. And also some of you will just be... Blame the Spirit. There's all types of things that happen. I don't know what will happen, but I'm going to just release the anointing upon you. Then it's you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord. So you ready? Okay, I want you just to raise your hand. Expect, Father. I come to you now, Father. I bring these listeners to you. Everybody's listening to this message now. And, Father, by faith, I ask you to baptize these people that aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit with your power and the evidence speaking in tongues. And those that have that experience, Father, I ask you to refill them with your mighty power. But let that anointing now flow, this flow into them as John seven thirty eight, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. I release that living water now into this audience right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive the anointing power of God, the baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and the refilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I give you all the all the all the praise, all the glory, all the glory, 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 glory. Yes, glory, glory. Yes, glory. <laughs> yes, yes, glory, glory. I'm getting the word glory here, folks. Glory, glory. It's the glory of God. The glory of God. The glory. His glory. His glory. The glory of God. God's glory. Glory of God. Glory. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Folks, this morning, this morning, he gave me that very thing that I wrote down as a word from him, and he spoke that very thing out of me just right now, basically. He spoke that right out of my mouth right now, the glory, the glory, the glory. Yes, the glory, folks, is there. The glory is right there now. Your glory is there. The glory, his glory, his glory. His glory, he wants to show his glory. He loves to reveal himself. He loves to reveal himself. He wants you in the kingdom. He wants you filled. He wants you serving him. He wants you bringing others in. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to love him. He loves. You. He wants you to worship him. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, glory. Mm. That's been the word today, folks. That's been the word today. That's the word. That's the word God gave me this morning. And now, man, I wanted 
thank you, Lord. Lord, your works cease to amaze me. They cease to amaze me, Lord. What you do ceases to amaze me, God. We give you all the praise and glory, Lord. All we just yield ourselves to you right now. I yield myself to you. I give myself to you. We all give ourselves to you right now. And I just declare miracles over this audience right now. Healing, healing in the name of Jesus. Healing to the sick, deliverance to the captives, set free in the name of Jesus. Who like it to work the mighty works of God in their lives? Yes, be strong, be strong, for I am with you. Oh, yes, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, all curses are broken. Every force of darkness, every force of darkness is broken off your life right now. No more fear in your lives. You will not face your days in fear anymore. You will not sleep in fear anymore. You will walk in my faith, the faith I've given you. Trust me, says the Lord. This is a new day, folks. This is a new day, just like the message right there. God's new day of choice. And he's made you an offer you can't refuse. He's made you an offer you can't refuse. Okay, everybody, I just want to praise God and and just leave you all alone right now because you don't need to be with me right now. You need to be with the Lord, those that, uh, that, that he's ministering to. And you just go in your room, your, your closet, wherever you want to go, and just you and the Lord get together because he's the one that will instruct you. He's your instructor. He's your teacher. Just let him have your life, and he will He will reveal to you, no matter if you're va- brand new in this with the Lord or if you're an old veteran or if you've been in a while, it makes no difference because uh, this is a whole new ball game for every one of us. None of us are veterans in what God is doing now. We're all learning what he's doing now. And Put yourself as a child. I put myself as a child before God right now, and the things he wants me to do as a child, I don't, I don't look at it with my 51 years of love experience. I don't look at it at all that way. I look at it as a child because when you look at it as a child, you learn. When you look at it as a way you know it all or you think you know it all, it doesn't work. So just recognize you're a child, and he's going to show it to you, and you're going to be fully persuaded. Okay? I love you all. We will see you in two weeks, and you all have a blessed evening. Good evening, everybody.